when you jump, your parachute not going to open right away. The problem with jumping is every successful person I know has jumped. When you jump, it allows your parachute to open and you to sail through life within your gift. But when you first jump, your parachute don't open right away. That ain't how it works. If it opened right away, everybody would jump. When you first jump, you're in an uncontrollable fall. It's almost like you're spinning out of control. But you got to stay with the jump because eventually God will put the necessary air up under your parachute and you'll be in the air like you're supposed to. But you're just going through the process. Like I tell my kids all the time, it takes a long time to make a lot of money. See, my kids look at me and they be talking about, well, Dad, you didn't, you ain't got no, no degree. You didn't finish school. Why I got to go to school? Well, first of all, you don't have no jokes. <laughs> let's, let's start there. And my kids don't understand the process. See, they just see me now. They didn't know I flunked out of school. They, they don't care nothing about the third marriage I'm on. They don't know that I lost everything twice. They, don't, they wasn't around when I was homeless and I lived in the car for three years. They didn't see the process. What most people do is they give up before God give you the gift. See, when you ask God for something, he box it up and he ships it immediately. But you have to remain on Faith Street in order to receive the gift. The problem is when God box up the gift and he ship it to you, he never gives you the date that the package is going to arrive. He'll never tell you that. Most people move off Faith Street before the package get there. You can't move over on the I Doubted Boulevard. He don't ship packages to I Doubted Boulevard. He only ship packages to Faith Street. You can't get over there on I Don't See How Circle. He don't ship nothing to I Don't See How Circle. So when you move out of faith, the package got to go back to sender. That's what happens. So you have to stay. You have to stay in the process and complete the fall. You're going to get cut up on the rocks. You're going to get your skin toe up. You're going to lose loved ones along the way. You're going to lose friendships along the way. You're going to might lose your car, your job along the way. You might lose your house. But trust and believe that God got you. Name name one time he ain't never had you. See, here the problem with Christians. You sit up and you say you're a Christian. Name one time God ever let you down. Just name one time. Name it. Name one situation he didn't bring you through. If he ain't bring you through it, he currently bring you through it now. You know how I know that? Because you're sitting in here. I want to talk to you today about how closed doors can't stop you. We've all had times where something didn't work out. We didn't get the promotion. The loan didn't go through. A relationship didn't make it. We did our best, we prayed, we believed, but the door didn't open. You may feel like you're behind a closed door in your health. You can't seem to get well. In your career, you're working hard, but not getting ahead. In a relationship, things keep falling through. Stay encouraged. Those closed doors are not permanent. The enemy doesn't control your doors. People don't control your doors. Fear, addiction, depression, don't control your doors. Now, I believe you're about to see some doors that have been closed for a long time suddenly open. You can't explain it. 
You didn't see it coming, but suddenly your health improves. Suddenly you meet the right person. Suddenly your career takes off. What happened? The doorkeeper stepped in. Get ready for some open doors. Get ready to write a new chapter for your life. Get ready to live a life that will outlive you. Get ready to rob the cemetery of your gifts and talents and abilities. Get ready to be in a fight mode. Life is a fight for territory. And once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Stuff's going to happen to you. Things are coming after you right now. Tragedies, hard times, sickness, pain. All kinds of things are coming after you right now, including blessings, including opportunities. To make your dreams become real, to no longer dream them but walk in them, you can't. 90%, you can be good, you can be good, you can be great. But you still won't get it all, I'm telling you. But when you become phenomenal, there's nothing you can't have, nothing you can't do, nothing you can't be. And I just, I believe that you're in this room right now. I believe that we're in the same space right now. I believe we're all in this place together. Listen to me. I believe that we're all in this place together because all of us, all of us hate average. None of us want to be good. And for those of us who've reached greatness, we have a desire to push that greatness and see what phenomenal looks like. So I need everybody in the room, when you think about your goal and you think about your dream, I need you to understand, as I said to my wife in that hospital room, I can't. I will. I must. You want to take advantage of the opportunity and the lifetime of the opportunity. Make a move for you. Make a move for your dream. Make a move for a better future. Don't sit there watching and wasting time looking at Netflix and all that other foolishness out there. A friend of mine said, oh, man, I got 500 channels on my TV. Who's got time to watch 500 channels? Herein my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Excuse me? No. Watching garbage day in and day out. How do you things expect things to get better for you? People say, oh, garbage in, garbage out. That's a lie. Garbage in, garbage stays. It makes you unproductive. It makes you cynical. You, you get in a depressed state of mind. That's not real. Garbage in, garbage stays, and it shows up in your attitude, in your behavior. It blurs your vision of what's possible for you. It's, it's a distraction. My son John Lesser's right. That people pay more attention to their distractions than their destiny. You have a destiny. There's something, there's a work, there's a greater work that you're supposed to do. These things ye shall do, and greater things shall you do. In fact, you are here to do the greater things. And if you don't know that, ask somebody. Watch people who are doing the greater work, and get around them, and learn from them. That's what time we're here. That's what. That's the purpose. Not here just to have a good time. Yeah, you can have a good time. I have a ball. I enjoy every day. When they come to see my ashes, they'll see me smiling from the ashes. <laughs> and I used to say something like, I sure hope things will change for the better. Then here's what I found out. They're not going to change. Somebody says, well then, how will my life ever change? Answer, 
when you change. When you change, when you get better, it'll get better. If you change, it'll all change. Don't put it on someone else. Hope that someone else will change it for you. Take responsibility for yourself. Take personal responsibility. You can't change the circumstances or the seasons or the wind, but you can change your reading habits. You can change whether or not you go for the skills, burn the midnight oil, turn yourself around, multiply your value by two, three, five, ten. That you've got charge of. That you have control of. You don't have control of the constellations, but you've got control over whether or not you go to night school, take adult classes, learn some new skills. You have control over that. And if you don't, that's your fault. You've got to take personal responsibility. You've got to be self-reliant. You, you, you. Nobody else can change your life, alter your ambitions, pave a golden road for you. But you can. It's up to you. Be responsible for yourself. You're okay the way you are. That's what we tell young people. Oh, you're okay the way you are. It's like, and there's nothing worse than you can tell that you can tell someone who's young than that, especially if they're miserable. You know, and lots of them. Well, if they're miserable and aimless, it's like, oh, I'm miserable and aimless, and sometimes I'm suicidal and I'm nihilistic and I don't have any direction in your life. It's in my life. It's like you're okay the way you are here, and it's like they don't want to hear that. They want to hear, look, you know. You're, and you know this. You're useless. You know nothing. You haven't got started. You've got sixty years to put yourself together, and God only knows what you could become. And that's so. That message is so much more. It's so funny because it's so. It's such an attack, but it's so positive. Because there's faith there in the in the potential that makes up the person, rather than the miserable actuality that happens to be manifesting itself at the moment. And young people respond extraordinarily well to that because, and you know that if you're a parent and you love your your child, your son, your daughter, what you're trying to foster is the best in them. You want that to manifest itself across the course of their life. You want them to become continually. More than they are, to see what they could be, and well, and I think that's part of the great message of the West is that that's that's the that's the ethical requirement of individual being in, in, in the proper sense is to constantly know that you're not what you could be, to take responsibility for that, and to and to commit yourself like body and soul. To the attainment of that ideal. One day, I began to realize how I was growing as a leader, and the change that was happening within me. And I stopped asking the question, "How long will it take?" And I started asking the question, "How far can I go?" And everything changed that day. I realized that you can set goals and have five-year goals, whatever. But but I, I I changed from a goal mindset to a growth mindset. And the fact that if I would be intentional in the areas of growth that would have the return and and would fit who I was, 
that I could really be successful and help a lot of people. And and that was a, a kind of a shift for me. And so when I wrote my first leadership book, I thought I would write one leadership book and I'd be done. I, I, you know, I didn't think a hundred books later. I, I had a lady the other day said, you've written more books than I've ever read in my life. You know what I mean? But I didn't have any intention to write a lot of books. I, but, but growth allows you to continue to expand yourself and your world until there's just, you know, so much more that you know and so much more that you want to share. So, you know, my journey has been really one of, of understanding that that if I every day intentionally grow, the question is just, how, you know, how far can I go? And I, I don't know that answer. I'm still I'm still growing. I'm still I'm still moving towards that finish line. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to feel like doing the things you need to do in order to have what you want. You're always going to need to push yourself. You're always going to need to parent yourself. It's the only way to prepare yourself. It's like, it's just studying. And the more you're prepared, the easier your time is. The more you care, the more you prepare. From studying, from reading, from putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, traveling abroad, uh, that kind of stuff, I think, builds a much more impressive character. We haven't done the things that we know are important for us and for our goals. And so that stops now. See, success is, it's not something that's gifted to you. Success is something that you have to go get. Remember this. Your business is always a reflection of you. What do you do? Where do you go from here? You see, instead of doing that and, and putting all your eggs in one basket, the best thing you can do is start investing in yourself first. Invest in a skill set that you can deliver to the marketplace in exchange of money. This dramatically lowers your risk. You have enough reason. You can get a big enough why. You can figure out how to do about anything. But you got to have purpose because purpose provides drive. Now, if you know what you want and you know why, you're light years ahead of most of the population. But you got to go to the step that most people seem to avoid. And that is, you got to take massive. The key word there is massive. Massive action can be a cure-all when you know what you're after and you know why you want it. What's the benefit of allowing fear to hold you back? What's the benefit of giving up on yourself? of not stepping out on life and taking life on. What is the benefit for you? What's the plus in that? It's not gonna happen. You've got to ask yourself, how long am I going to allow this to hold me back? You focus on your vision, your mission, and long-term things that you wanna do with your life. And eventually, you'll find enough people that wanna run with you. And when we can find the people who believe what we believe, we're weirdly drawn to them because our very survival depends on us. We need it. And so the more you can give of yourself, the more you can give of what you believe, the more you can discipline, discipline, say and, believe, and do the things you actually believe, strange things start to happen. You know, that those who do the things that they're passionate about do better, but it's not helpful advice. Um, and so the question is, where does passion come from? Um, passion is a result. Passion is an energy. Um, passion is the feeling you have when you're engaged in something that you love. Passion is the feeling you have that... Um, you would probably do this for free, you know, and you can't believe somebody pays you to do it. So start practicing using programs for your mind. They could change our life. What idea are you sitting on? Write your ideas down. And then, once you get that idea, take the leap.